This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Camp Dino... Bo and the rest of Camp Dino were taken prisoner and led into the Bakuza camp. There they saw the Bakuza people working with full-grown dinosaurs. The warriors split the students and counselors into two teepees and took the young dinos to a separate enclosure. Gavin coordinated an escape plan with the other group, and after the kids and counselors pretended to fight, the Bakuza guards rushed in and fell into Gavin's sand trap. And now for episode 16, Hear Us Roar. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino.
Moe stared at the open door, his heart racing. The kids and counselors around him were equally shocked, but celebrating the success of Gavin's plan. What are we waiting for? Zeta said to the group. Let's go! Everyone rushed out the open door into the blinding sunlight outside. It was early morning, and most of the Bakuza were still waking up. Only a few were staggering out of their bone yurts to see what all the noise was about. The adult dinosaurs, some chained to yurts, were awake and alert, watching the group of kids pour out of the teepees. Just across the path, the other group of Camp Dino prisoners were running out of their teepee as well. Dr. Lovkin was among them. <laughs> he shouted with glee, proudly looking back at the sand trap he and the other counselors had made that now held a few Bakuza guards. I come, Koopa! I come! If Bo hadn't already known the man, he'd think the disheveled Dr. Lovkin had been a Bakuza prisoner for years. Helga stormed out after him, shouting orders to the kids. Run, run! Faster, faster! Victor, you might as well be crawling! Ma came running out shortly after, once the last kid was free. She embraced Pa, who was anxiously waiting for her. Thank heavens you're okay, Pa said. Come on, this way, Bo shouted. With Gavin and Zeta by his side, he led the group towards the enclosure further down the path, glancing down at the Bakuza map to make sure they were headed to the right place. Bo stopped them in front of a large gate. He could hear their dinos whining and groaning on the other side. This is it! Down the path, Bakuza warriors were scrambling out of their yurts and grabbing their spears. Their chief stepped out of his huge bone yurt, alert but confused. His long spear held out in front of him. Grombach Javanna! He shouted to one of the running warriors. Tekrumbo! Tekrumbo! The warrior shouted back at him, pointing down the path. The chief walked out and squinted in the direction of his charging warriors. His eyes widened and his frown deepened as he saw the escaped kids grouped in front of the dino enclosure. Nyamona! He yelled, joining the charge. Back in front of the enclosure, Bo, Zeta, and Gavin were struggling to open the gate. The bone lock on the door was too strong to pry open. They're catching up, Ash said, looking back at the charging warriors. Bo struggled with the lock. We're working on it. It's not moving, Gavin finally said. Where's Boom? Bo looked over the group. Boom? Boom, we need you! I am here, Boom thundered in his deep voice. The huge man quickly pushed through the group like a whale shark swimming through krill. Stand back! With a pop of the knuckles, he grabbed onto the bone lock and started pulling. Bo's eyes stared at the man's gigantic flexing arms in amazement. Veins bulging, Boom's arms shook as he put everything he had into breaking the lock. The Bakuza warriors were closing in. Their angry shouts filled the camp. The adult dinosaurs were growing restless. A few of the more curious ones, including a dome-schooled Pachycephalosaurus, ran over to watch. Echoes circled overhead and squawked anxiously. Zeta glanced back at the warriors before returning to Boom. They're almost here! 
The bone lock snapped off in Boom's hands. He blinked at it in surprise, and there was a collective whoa through the group. Boom grabbed the door and shook it. It didn't work! Bo shook it himself. Great! There's a piece of lock still jammed in the gate! I think this little lady has an idea, came Dr. Rex's voice. The group parted to reveal a mother pachycephalosaurus. Her round hammerhead was lowered and her feet dug into the ground. She huffed and grunted like an angry bull. Everybody move, Bo shouted. They jumped out of the way as the dinosaur charged the gate. Tail straight, head low, the pachycephalosaurus rammed her head into the door and smashed it open. Boom, crash! Chunks of bone were sent flying as the door blew apart. Almost immediately, their dinosaurs came running out to greet them. The baby pachycephalosaurus rushed to its mom and knocked heads excitedly. The mom let out a happy roar. Zeta threw her arms around Shoot, Toot, and Scoot, who were tripping over themselves on their way to her. Oh, I missed you guys! <coughs> Bo looked over the chaotic reunion in a panic. Buck! Buck! He didn't see his T-Rex anywhere. Then he felt a hard tug on his shirt. He whirled around and saw Buck standing behind him, his tongue hanging out of his mouth and his tail wagging excitedly. <sighs> the T-Rex let out an excited roar. Buck! Bo dropped to his knees and hugged his dinosaur. Echo can't hold him off forever, Gavin interrupted. Bo, where are we headed? Bo jumped to his feet and pulled out his map. Uh, follow me. Everyone took their dino and ran with Bo away from the enclosure. Behind them, Echo was swooping down and blocking the Bakuza warriors. A few of them fired blow darts dipped in blue at her, narrowly missing her broad wings. Once the kids and counselors had a good head start, she flapped her wings and took off, soaring above them. Bo and the rest of Camp Dino rushed for the far end of the village. Bo stared at the map bouncing in his hands, making sure to take the right turns as he headed for what he believed to be the back exit. All around them, adult dinosaurs were starting to roar and groan. Those that weren't chained down stopped what they were doing to follow them. A father brontosaurus stopped once the group had passed and then dropped his long neck across the path in front of the charging Bakuzas. Several of the warriors bounced off the giant neck and fell back. Shouting angrily, the Bakuza chief and his warriors climbed over the scaly neck and continued their pursuit. Up ahead, Bo and the others ran for a fence opening that led to the jungle. There it is, Bo announced, just a little further. They were almost to the exit when a group of armed Bakuzas came running out from behind a bone yurt and blocked their escape. More warriors joined their ranks as the kids and counselors came skidding to a stop. Behind them, the chief and his men were slowly closing in with their spears pointed. Bo and the kids looked around in a panic. They were surrounded. Their dinosaurs moaned and roared. 
What do we do? One of the kids cried. Bo looked at Gavin, who for once didn't look calm and collected, which meant that even he was out of ideas. Next to him, Zeta clenched her fists and pushed her triplets behind her. A few of the counselors were arguing with each other. Bo closed his eyes and took a long inhale in, held it, and slowly released. He felt his pounding heart slow. The sounds of crying kids and their dinos faded. His thoughts cleared. He looked at the adult dinosaurs who had started to gather around them, watching as if waiting for someone to make the first move. Bo's gaze stopped on Buck, who was staring up at him intently, a soft growl escaping his clenched jaw. Buck panted and growled, panted and growled. It seemed as though his red scales had turned an even darker shade of red somehow. His yellow pleading eyes stared up at Bo. And Bo knew that look, that hunger for action. Buck had finally learned to control it, to suppress it for him. But now was not the time to hold back. Now was the time to unleash. Bo slowly nodded to him. Do it, Buck. As if breaking free of invisible shackles, Buck raised his big red head to the sky and let out a roar that sent chills up Bo's back. <laughs> the T-Rex charged out of the group and ran for the Bakuza warriors. Stunned, the Bakuza aimed their spears at him. Buck knocked a couple of the spears out of the way and chomped another one in half. Then, with a ferocious bite, he grabbed onto one of the warrior's dino-skin coats and flung him into two more warriors, knocking them to the ground. Another warrior jabbed his spear, but Buck chomped down onto it and lifted the warrior into the air, holding it straight up. Then, chomp, 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 he chewed the spear smaller and smaller and smaller until the warrior was right above Buck's mouth. Buck spared the terrified man one last deadly chomp and instead threw him aside and sent him crashing into a cart. The other warriors fell back. Buck lifted his head and let out another bone-shaking roar. <laughs> Bo raised his fist in the air. Yeah! The rest of the kids and counselors let out a battle cry and charged the warriors with their dinos. The young dinosaurs attacked the warriors at the kids' commands, lunging, whacking, biting. The warriors blocked most of the attacks using their spears. Some even tranquilized the young dinos using blue-dipped blow darts. Bo ducked just in time to dodge a couple of darts that whizzed overhead. Gavin had picked up a spear from a fallen warrior and was fending off Bakuza's left and right. Anytime a warrior got close to striking him down, Echo would swoop in, pick up the attacker, and drop him onto a building. Sometimes Echo would scoop up Gavin and carry him to safety when he got outnumbered. At one point, she tried to carry him off into the jungle, but Gavin insisted they stay in the fight. Shoot and Scoot lowered their horns and chased off warriors that threatened Zeta, and Toot kept others away with an almost constant shot of gas.
Zeta had picked up two empty blowpipes and was blocking spears being jabbed at her. Behind her, Ash and his raptor were taking on a few warriors and were getting a little help from a small ankylosaurus that was swatting Bakuzas away with its bald tail. The chaos in camp grew. The adult dinosaurs that weren't chained up started coming to the aid of their babies. A mama brachiosaurus stomped around the warriors, forcing them to dive out of the way of her giant scaly legs. Boom! Crash! One foot smashed a cart. Boom! Crash! Another foot crushed a small hut. Boom! Crash! A stack of boxes was reduced to rubble. Running between its massive legs, Dr. Rex rode atop an adult Pachycephalosaurus. Nobody messes with our dinos! He shouted as his scaly steed lowered its round head and rammed through a group of Bakuzas. What the heck? Bo said, watching him go. How did he manage to do that? The guy's basically a dinosaur himself, Zeta said, holding Toot's backside out as if it were a cannon. Look at him! Dr. Rex was flailing around on the dino's back like a rodeo cowboy, roaring like a dinosaur and making all kinds of crazy noises. All right! Boom, boom! Take him down! Lovekin and Cutie Pie barely jumped out of his way. They scrambled back to their feet and jumped back into the fight. I'm gonna eat my Cutie Pie! All right, Pie Pie! Get him! Cutie Pie squealed and ran in circles, tripping warriors left and right. Kirby was trying to figure out a blowpipe he just picked up. He took down a couple of warriors, but on his last blow, he caught Pa on the backside. What the? Kirby! Pa shouted, his left leg now limp. No, no, that wasn't... It came from... Kirby looked around for someone to blame, but there was no one around him holding a blowpipe. Helga lifted a warrior high over her head, darts bouncing off her armor. You shouldn't have grabbed my ponytail! With a ferocious grunt, she threw the man and sent him flying into more warriors. Sloppy Joe just followed Dr. Rex around, cheering him on and hiding behind something when the danger got too close. Nice hit, Dr. Rex! Oh, watch out, Dr. Rex! You're glowing, Dr. Rex! Many of the adult dinosaurs were still chained to nearby bone yurts. Bo led Buck over to them and had him chomp through the shackles, setting several of them free. The freed dinosaur parents flooded into the mob to join the fight. Bo and Buck were right behind them. To my left! Bo shouted, pointing to a charging warrior with a spear. Buck saw him and pounced. <laughs> Behind you! Buck whirled around just in time to stop another. Two more on your right! Buck growled, pounced, and attacked at Bo's every command. Just beyond Buck's latest attack, Bo caught a glimpse of the Bakuza chief, who was easily blocking attacks with his huge spear and dropping dinos with his blue-dipped blow darts. A young Spinosaurus dropped unconscious at his feet, and he stepped over it, staring eagerly at Buck. Antaka! 
Yugi raised the blow dart to his mouth and aimed it at Buck. Buck, run! Bo shouted. Buck turned and bolted back towards Bo. The chief's dart bounced off the ground by Buck's running feet. Bo turned and ran back into the heart of the camp, away from the battle. Come on, Buck, run! Bo and Buck ran down the path, passing Bakuza women and children who were watching the scene horrified. More blow darts whizzed by Buck, missing him by inches. Antaka! The chief shouted after him. Bo and Buck approached the red dinosaur shrine near the camp entrance. A dart caught Buck in the leg and he stumbled. No! Bo stopped and ran back for him. Buck tried to get up, but he collapsed under his leg that was now numb from the blue. The chief smiled as he stepped closer. Antaka! Bo threw himself over his dinosaur. No, please! Leave him alone! Buck whined and licked his leg. Nakjomboya! The chief pried Bo off of Buck. No! Please! He's hurt! Bo cried. Buck let out a pitiful moan that Bo had never heard before. A cry of pain and desperation. Shantaka! The chief whispered as he brought the blowpipe to his lips. Buck's cries echoed through camp, and many had gathered to watch. Filling his chest with air, the chief froze just before blowing the dart. His eyes slowly trailed up to the torches surrounding the T-Rex statue. The flames danced. Bo felt the earth shake with every thunderous pound. The chief lowered his blowpipe. His face twitched. His nervous gaze turned to the giant enclosure marked with yellow handprints. The massive gate split apart. As pieces came tumbling to the ground, Bo's jaw dropped. A shadow suddenly eclipsed the sun above him. An enormous yellow T-Rex with red stripes stepped out of the enclosure. Its massive feet crunched down over the debris and sank into the earth. Arm-length fangs protruded over its bottom lip, and a sharp, scaly brow frowned down at the chief. At the sound of another of Buck's cries, the giant T-Rex lowered its head and roared so loud it blew Bo's fedora off his head and extinguished the torches around the shrine. Stunned, Bo glanced between Buck and the adult T-Rex, seeing the similarities. He grinned. Mama Rex. The yellow T-Rex roared again, thrashing her head and smashing more of her enclosure and the gate of the blue marked enclosure next to her. The chief dropped his blowpipe and staggered back. Boom, 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 boom. 
Mama T-Rex's angry steps pounded towards the chief, who was now turning and running into the jungle. With a furious roar, Buck's mom stomped after him. Her thundering footsteps faded as her tail slipped out of view and she disappeared into the trees. Bo ran back over to Buck. Buck, are you okay? Let me see it. Bo held up Buck's leg and examined the dart sticking out of it. Blue dripped down his scales. With a hard tug, Bo yanked the dart free, and Buck roared in pain. <coughs> Bo noticed that the sounds of chaos had stopped. Everyone in camp was now gathered around them. Kids, counselors, bakuzas, all stared in silence. The small bakuza girl Bo had seen earlier emerged from the group and approached, holding a bowl. She smiled at Bo and crouched down next to him, nodding at Buck. Can I? she said. Bo's eyebrows shot up. He nodded and stepped aside. The little girl dipped her hand in a red liquid and then made a handprint on top of Buck's head. Then she took some flowers from the nearby altar and let them fall over Buck. Antaka she said softly, rubbing his belly. Buck purred under her touch. You speak English? Bo mumbled. Yes, some of us children do. The girl gave him a weary smile. Bo stared at the girl in amazement. Minus the dino skin skirt, she looked like she could have been any other kid attending Camp Dino. Bo watched her stroke Buck, speechless. You separated babies from their mothers, the girl said in her soft voice. I know, Bo said sadly. Well, us kids didn't know until just yesterday, but either way, it was wrong. The girl smiled at Bo. It also was wrong to take you prisoner. Our chief... Dungoff was a hard man. Most of us knew he was not good. But no one had the courage to stop him. Bo looked at the trees where the chief had fled, and then back at the group. He saw Shoot, Toot, and Scoot scuffle next to Zeta. It made him think of the night they all looked up at the stars and Skye told them about the fighting Triceratops twins, the constellation that symbolized fierce unity despite differences. He saw Echo fly down next to Gavin and remembered the Pteranodon constellation of Maya the Wise, who symbolized a big-picture view that we are all one big family. He looked back down at Buck and remembered the T-Rex constellation of Galifar the Great, a symbol of power, bravery, and an energy that filled all creatures with life and purpose. A tear dripped down his face. He remembered what Skye had said about the dinosaurs, that they were seasoned and wise spirits, that we must look to them to know the best way forward. They will lead us down the truest path and bring out the best in all of us, she had said. Bo wiped his wet cheek and looked up at the Bakuza girl. 
we can share them, take care of them together. For a second, the Bakuza girl just looked at him, as if trying to comprehend. Then she glanced back at the crowd behind them. You want to care for them? Bo nodded. Just like you. But if we're being totally honest, you guys could lighten up on the whipping. It's a little harsh. I do not like it either, the girl said. Our chief insisted we work with a firm hand. Let's set them free and see what they do, Bo suggested. The girl smiled. Set them free. She held on to the thought for a moment before standing and facing the crowd. Then, in her Bakuza dialect, she addressed her people. As she spoke, the Bakuza looked at each other surprised. A few of them shouted back at her, and she stood firm in her reply. Bo had no idea what she was saying, but whatever it was, she sounded like she meant it. Many of the Bakuza were nodding in agreement. They were setting down their weapons. After what seemed like a five-minute speech, the girl finished, and a handful of warriors left the group to break the chains holding down the remainder of the adult dinosaurs. What's happening, Bo? Pa called out. They're setting them free, Bo said, almost in disbelief. They're going to let the dinosaurs decide. Everyone watched anxiously to see what the free dinosaurs would do. Almost immediately, the adult dinosaurs ran to their babies. Two tall raptors rubbed their heads against Ash's raptor. A greenish-brown triceratops mother stomped over to the triplets and licked their head frills. The triplets rolled over and basked in the attention. Everywhere Bo looked, dinosaurs were reuniting and showing affection. Bo turned back to the Bakuza girl. When we leave, if some of the dinosaurs follow us, we'll take care of them. And we will do the same, the girl replied. The dinosaurs will be free to go where they please. She made the announcement in her native language, and her people nodded in agreement. We are confident many will stay or come back. We have lived together for many years. If you put away the chains and whips, you're probably right, Bo said, still marveling at all the happy dinosaurs. The Bakuza girl's eyes suddenly widened. Unjaka! Bo, look out! Zeta shouted. Bo whirled around and froze. Inches away, a feathered dinosaur the size of a large dog was sniffing at his bag of snacks. Blue scales covered its face and neck, and brown feathers covered its body. It used its sharp bird-like talons to poke at Bo's bag. Cynornithosaurus, Bo whispered, recognizing the venomous dinosaur. He looked up and saw that it had escaped its tall enclosure that had been smashed during the T-Rex tirade. Don't make any sudden movements, Bo, Dr. Rex shouted. Its mouth is full of blue! Bo gently tossed his bag of snacks, hoping the dinosaur would run after it, but instead it lowered its head and hissed at him, baring its snake-like teeth. 
The inside of its mouth was completely blue, and Bo knew that one bite from it could prove deadly. The Bakuza used only pinpoint pricks on the end of their spears and darts, and there was a mouthful of dozens of blue-tipped spears. Bo slowly stepped back. Easy. The feathers around the Sinornithosaurus's head suddenly stood straight up and turned blue, forming a navy mane around its face. With a hiss, it bared its fangs again and raised its sharp claws. Seda looked around at the adults. Somebody do something! <laughs> Out of nowhere, Buck sprang to his feet and pounced on the feathered dinosaur. Buck, no! Bo cried. The two dinosaurs rolled across the dirt, biting, clawing, roaring, hissing. Buck bit onto the dinosaur's feathered arm and thrashed, sending the poisonous beast tumbling. Just as Buck went to deal a fatal chomp, the Sinornithosaurus leapt off the ground and with a quick thrust of its head, bit onto Buck's tail. <laughs> Buck howled in pain before collapsing. No! Bo shouted. He tried to run to Buck's aid, but Dr. Rex quickly swooped in and pulled him to safety. No! Uh, let go of me! Buck lay limp on the ground, blue oozing from his wounds. The Sinornithosaurus bared its fangs one last time, lowered its head, and went in for the kill. Crush! The dinosaur disappeared under the stomp of a giant yellow foot. Everyone looked up at Buck's mother as she raised her head to the sky and let out a miserable roar. Then, with a whining purr, she nudged her snout against her baby. Buck didn't react. Chest heaving, Buck's mom let out another cry and then started chomping at nearby trees, tearing them out of the ground and throwing them aside. Still in Dr. Rex's grip, Bo cried out. Dot, Pa said, motioning to his medic. Dot nodded and then ran over to Buck's body while his mom was distracted. Trying to work quickly, Dot crouched over Buck and checked his pulse. There was a long pause. The only sound was that of Buck's mom tearing up the jungle and moaning horribly. Dot lifted her head from Buck's side and looked back at Bo with tears in her eyes. It's not beating.
Okay, Rocketeers. Ah, that was pretty intense. Hang in there. We're almost to the end of the season. One more episode of Camp Dino. Or at least of this season of Camp Dino. This has been awesome. I love Camp Dino. So please make sure you stay tuned for one more episode. I want to give a shout out to some of our patrons who've been supporting the Purple Rocket podcast. Finley from Saskatoon, Canada. Finley, thank you so much for becoming a patron. You're amazing, dude. I know you're a big Camp Dino fan, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was pretty intense, pretty crazy, but I hope you liked it. I also want to shout out Kate, Mila, and their mom, Lisa, who are listening from Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for your support. And 10-year-old Grace, who's been listening to Camp Dino and has told her brother and cousins about it. And I hear you love to write stories too, Grace. That's awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for your support. If you have not already, you can check out our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast. If you sign up, you get access to ad-free episodes. Uh, You can either listen straight there on the Patreon page uh, where there's also a PDF read-along. So you can read kind of the book form of the story as you're listening. And it will be obviously ad-free. Or you can also get an RSS feed through Patreon of the ad-free podcast. And you just open it with whatever podcast listening app that you use and you'll be able to subscribe and just get notifications directly when those ad-free episodes come out and they usually come out early for the patrons so check that out i also occasionally post some exclusive bedtime stories that i record with my kids and you get some discounted merch so check it out patreon.com and you can support the show it'd be great We also have some Apple reviews, and this one says, OMG, I love it. Hi, my name is Cassie. I'm eight years old. I've been listening ever since you started. Wow, Cassie, that's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. That means you started listening. You're like four or five. That's incredible. says, I love your podcast so much. It's so cool and so adventurous. I love it. My favorite season is Winglings and Winning the Pixie Knots, but I love all of them. Can we have more Winglings? I plan to, Cassie. I plan to come back to Winglings. It's going to be awesome. I am excited to come back to it, but it's it's not the next season I'm doing. And she said, if so, maybe after Camp Dino, because I'm bursting to listen. I, like I said, it's not going to come right after Camp Dino. Right after Camp Dino, we're going to do Space Train Season 2 and then a new series called The Adventures of Pockets coming your way. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks so much, Cassie. This next review says, all I can say is that, woo, seriously, the best podcast ever created. I absolutely love it. You are so creative and funny. Uh, it depends on who you ask, if I'm being honest. Uh, I am Ash, and I'm 11 years old, almost 12, and live in Montana. My favorite seasons are definitely Camp Dino, Winglings, and the Willow Tree, Winning the Pixie Knots, and Grandpa's Globe. You definitely top all of the fantasy books I've ever read and all the audiobooks and podcasts. Oh, that's awesome, Ash. Thank you so much. That's an amazing compliment. Please make a hundred billion more seasons of Camp Dino. I absolutely love it. Uh, that is, there were a lot of zeros. There was like a hundred, I don't even know what number that is, Ash, but it's a big number. Uh, I don't even know if it's humanly possible to make that many seasons of Camp Dino, but I do plan on making more seasons. He said, I really like how you made the podcast educational as well. Anyways, you're the best. You get so many hoorahs. 
Cool, Ash. Thank you so much for the feedback. I love it. I love hearing some feedback from some of our Rocketeers who are kind of at the 11, 12, 13 plus age range. It's really cool. We got a number of reviews from them. Here's another one. It says, my name is Evan. I'm 13 years old and I live in Minnesota. I really love to listen to this podcast. so creative. And lately, it's been hard to find a podcast until I found this one. And I will admit that I started listening when the 10th episode of Camp Dino was released. But I've already listened to all of Camp Dino episodes and Digger. I love them. I love them all. They are always action-packed episodes. And there is never a boring episode. And I would recommend it to all ages. Mr. Webb, I really love that you made this podcast. Thanks, Evan. Great feedback. And I love that you said you'd recommend it to all ages. The podcast age range is probably like six and above, right? Um, there's definitely action. And this episode was especially tricky um, because I definitely wanted this to be be suspenseful, have action, but also uh, be accessible to some of the younger rocketeers. Uh, I don't want it to be like terrifying or anything, but a little bit of suspense, a little bit of action, excitement's okay. Maybe some parents will disagree with me. Uh, if so, then maybe this podcast isn't for you and your family. But in case you haven't listened to all the other seasons, there's definitely some excitement in these stories. They're called audio adventures for a reason. But cool. I'm glad that that's kind of a highlight for you, Evan. That's awesome. So here's another review. It says, how can I download an episode? I tried to download from your website, but I failed. Apparently, the embedded podcast player that I use through Anchor and I think through most of the podcast hosts don't have a download icon anymore. I can't, I haven't been able to figure it out. Um, But if you become a patron, you can download the MP3s directly from the Patreon page. You could download any of the episodes directly to your device. So like if you're going on a road trip, you're driving in the middle of nowhere, you can download a few of those episodes really quick and just go from there. Um, also, you know, sometimes when you press play in your podcast listening app, it, it'll actually download directly to your device a lot of times. So when you go out of service, you still kind of have access to them. Sometimes that's not always the case. It's kind of hit or miss. I don't know. You can experiment with it. But yeah, to for sure get a direct download to the MP3 files, you need to become a patron and download it uh, right from the player itself. But also want to just say really quick, Rocketeers, please, when you're leaving reviews, I actually read these reviews. I love reading them and the feedback's helpful. Um, please don't leave a one or two star review just to be silly because I could tell when you're in the review, you're saying that you love the podcast, but you know, you might be leaving one or two star reviews. Please, please put five stars if you can. I mean, obviously if you hate the podcast and you think it deserves one or two stars, that's another story. That's totally different. But if you love the podcast, the five stars helps. It helps make the podcast more discoverable. The one or two star reviews definitely don't help, uh, the podcast be discovered. So just be mindful that please uh you know make sure that your rating matches the actual review and how you feel about the podcast i'd appreciate it rocketeers thank you so much for listening to the podcast for sending me your feedback your experience as a family listening to these stories and that to me is it's everything that you're able to spend time together not glued to the screen, using your imaginations, talking about the stories. Uh, It doesn't get better than that. Your drawings, everything. I love it. I appreciate it. And you tell other people about the podcast. There's no greater compliment. So thank you so much, Rocketeers, for your support. 
And as always, thank you, Mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping me clean up the story. And a thank you to Jeremy Bishop from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping me edit the audio. And thank you, Rocketeers, for checking back regularly. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.